and welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read the books. And I am Mandy Kay, your host who has not read the books, but potentially can now read the first book. Yes. Maybe. We'll see. This week, we are talking about episode eight, No Mourners, the final episode of season one, written by Eric Hesserer and Dagan Frickland, and directed by Jeremy Webb. Mm-hmm. And I'm sad that we're finished. Me too. Like, this has been a good time, and now it's done, and we still don't have an announcement for season two, and this is just terrible. There is many rumors on the internet that we're going to get the announcement next week, I think, because next week is, um, I don't know, Netflix Geeked is doing a whole thing, and they've been really pushing the show, like you've said previously. Mm-hmm. So everybody is currently thinking that it's going to be next week, but... Okay. Well, you know what? That's good because we do have one more episode because we are going to do a wrap-up episode, right? We so are going to do a wrap-up. Maybe the next time we talk, we'll have news. Maybe? Fingers crossed. Um, okay. In regards to our wrap-up episode, I did want to say if anybody has any questions or anything they want us to cover that we have not covered, um, do send us an email or tweet us so we can work that in in our final episode. Other than that, I do have some Fun things that I might torture Mandy with, Aww. like giving you Mandy lines from the book so much fun. <laughs> and getting you to guess who said them. I think that could be kind of fun. Okay. I'm up for that. Yeah. All right. And maybe, I don't know. We'll have to work on that. Okay. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Okay. But before we get that, we have this week's episode. Oh, wait. Uh, before that, I did just want to mention an email that we got. Ooh. Um, <laughs> from josh who specifically asked me not to read the email but i just wanted to say i agree okay that's not fair (laughs) you okay this oh you can read the email he asked me not to read it i'm assuming he he didn't give me uh, pronouns just because he doesn't want to jinx anything it's not that it's bad or anything like that i i put it in the doc Okay, yes, I 100% agree with that as well, but I completely understand why you don't want to jinx it and announce it to the world. Yes. so Totally get it. We're recording it here, and if it happens, we can come back to it in season two. That's going to be the best thing ever. Okay. Yeah, fingers crossed. (laughs) All right, so we pretty much pick up exactly where we left off on the skiff, moving into the fold. Well, first, we have a title card. I completely missed it. The title card is, like, it's probably the most on-the-nose title card that we've had yet because mm-hmm. it's um, it's a shadow and bone, obviously, and it's got this bright, bright circle of light around it, but the darkness comes in from around and overtakes the light until it's just entirely black. You know what I did? Uh, when I clicked Shadow and Bone in Netflix, it brought me to the credits of last week's episode, and so I just clicked next episode, so it skipped it. So it skipped it. Yeah. Oh. I even remember thinking to myself, oh, I guess they didn't put it in the final episode. That's an interesting choice. They did. <laughs> the darkness is overtaking the light. A little on a little the nose bit ominous. Yeah. A little on the nose and a little ominous for starting the final episode. But yes, we are in the fold. We've got the dignitaries. We've got the darkling. We've got some Grisha. Ivan's there. And Zoya's there. Other Grisha are there. Um, did I say the crows? Whatever. Crows are there, and the crows very intelligently go downstairs. Right? Like, why is everybody else just out in the open? These guys are like, we were on a train, we realized we can do this in an enclosed space, so let's just go downstairs. I, oh, I skipped over some of my notes, but before that, I just want to finish. Like, I don't understand, because they go downstairs, and it's obviously like a a cargo Mm -hmm. uh, hold, I don't know, cave, whatever, and which just to me says, yes, the goods are more important than the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, so clearly they've modeled this after a ship in the ocean, right? Because yeah. we're going through the unsea, so it has to be a ship. It's just dumb. Like, it's not efficient. It's not practical. Like, they're just going for the aesthetic. But you know what? We know that that's what Kerrigan likes. Like, the aesthetic is more important to him than practicality. That's true. So it, it makes total sense when you look at it from that perspective. Uh, So just before they go downstairs, though, uh, the Darkling does ask Ivan if, if, like, he says anything yet or something like that. Like, if Volker are nearby. And Ivan says, no heartbeats yet. But immediately we hear their growling noises. So maybe Ivan is just slipping. Or 
the show just wanted us to get an understanding of how ominous and threatening this is. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But then it also cuts to one of the dignitaries. She's clearly afraid because she can hear all of the Volker that Ivan says aren't there. And so she asks how many markers they've passed at this point. And they've only passed five, so they're still pretty early in the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so downstairs with the crows, they're all... Oh, wait. What? Before they show us that, um, Alina does threaten to tear down the fold now in a oh. conversation with Kerrigan. Yes. And Kerrigan reminds her and us that she cannot do anything on her own. And they give us a very pointed camera shot that has both the antler in the back of his hand and the collar around her neck in, like, the same visual range. Mm. Which is very odd, you know, because, like, you don't just usually walk around with your hand near your collar. (laughs) But, you know, front and center, they wanted to remind us at the beginning of the episode that... Alina has been collared by Kerrigan at this point and can't just do her own thing. I guess not everyone binges through the series all in one day. <laughs> so maybe they might need a reminder. Right. I yep. don't know. Yep. Then we go downstairs to the crows. I apologize. Then we go downstairs, crows, and Jesper misses his best goat. He does. And Nez is like, who's Milo? And I'm like, what? We all know who Milo is. To be fair, I don't think we ever see Jasper use the name whilst around Kaz and Inej. Fair enough. I guess when he named him Milo, they were in the train, and so there was a lot of yeah, a, a, a lot of things happening at once. So it it does make sense, I suppose. Although he's definitely talked about Milo before, so yeah, it was still a funny moment. Yes. Maybe they're just teasing him. Yeah. Um, and then we see Zoya up at the top of the boat skiff thing who and she is doing the wind into the Mm -hmm. sail i'm making a hand gesture because we can all see it through sound yep (laughs) um but we find out that zoya's kind of been lied to also in that scene because she's like why aren't we doing it what's happening so she's not it seems like the heart renders are the only ones that are in on the darklings plan here Mm -hmm. which is a choice yeah I like Zoya here, though, because she's all, like, fired up. Like, Alina only has one job. Like, what? like she literally says that. Yeah. She only has one job. Yeah, and it's very telling here because the, the Heartrender, I don't think this Heartrender ever gets a name. We just know he's a Heartrender. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells her that the general has said she's going to have to stop the skiff before they reach the Western Dock. And she's like, why? And the reason is so that there's an audience. Yeah. And I think Zoya is just as horrified as we are at, at that bit of information. Something that you just said made me think, like, well, two things. One, I, I sort of thought to myself, oh, the showrunners or, you know, anybody who wanted to adapt this book must have been so happy because you immediately know this guy's a heart render because of the Keftas. Uh-huh. So, like, we don't know his name. We don't know anything about this dude. We just know he's one of the heart renders. And that is so... Like, so quick and easy to understand. Yeah. So that's nice. And which also made me think that just in general, Lee Bardugo is great at writing books that are very visual. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of that. And one of the one of the things that I've always enjoyed about her books. Cool. Yeah. I think then we cut to Nina and Matthias. We do. I love this scene. I like this scene in and of itself with them in, in the hotel room. Uh, I don't. I don't think it works for their characters as I understand them from the book. I guess they're show characters. It works fine. But the whole point of both of them is that they're fiercely loyal to their countries. Although, like, Nina's is more complicated just because of the timeline change. But she's pretty loyal to Ravka. So I just don't see that they would both be willing to give up on their countries quite so easily. Mm. Okay. But that might be a a book problem. Yeah, I have questions about Nina and Matthias after this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, maybe we can talk about them here or we can wait until after the, the next thing happens with them. But we can do it now because I'm talking about it. Um, so I have been led to believe that Nina and Matthias are together in some form mm-hmm. in the future because of the books, which makes me think that there's no reason for me to be worried about the events that are in this episode. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know if I've been lied to, which is entirely possible given the premise of our podcast, Mm -hmm. or if things have just been changed that much. I think, so I will say Six of Crows sort of starts out with the two of them being forced to work together, but not necessarily enjoying being forced to work together. So it's entirely possible then that the show has decided to take their origin story, which I don't know what their origin story, if you get it in Six of Crows, but like thrown them together romantically, they're ripping them apart, and then they will be begrudgingly brought back together. Yeah. In the future? Yeah. Is, is that what you're thinking? That is actually, their story in this is probably the from Six of Crows and Aries, the closest to how it is in the book. Okay. Like, okay. It's not, it's not exact. In fact, I think the bit where she gives them up to the slavers works so much better in the book. Like, it's really clunky here. Um, but you get the point, so who cares? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's almost, it, it is from the Six of Crows characters, their story is closest to what it actually is in the book. Okay. Okay. All the other the other three are just completely fabricated. Okay. All right. That makes that makes me feel a little bit better about it. But also now I wonder if in the future they are gonna be able to come back to this place where they like each other and are willing to leave their country behind for each other because, you know, they're so cute together. They are, yes. And I should say, because I've kind of come down harshly on Matthias before, and insofar as like a a story that's about the redemption of somebody who's been raised in a culture that wants to kill off an entire type of people. His story mm-hmm. in the books is done very well. And like, he doesn't just change his mind. You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. it he's put through a lot and he comes to terms with a lot of what he himself has done. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it is well done. I just, I don't know. Matthias just isn't for me. Okay. He's for Nina. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> all right but um, actually so the, we do hear meet nina's truest love we do waffles. we do waffles i love it matthias is like what's a waffle <laughs> i guarantee you all the six of crows book readers out there as soon as she said something about waffles lost their damn mind oh okay it's just it's not it's even anything more than it is here in this scene than it is in the books, but it's just something that comes up a lot where they're like, we mm-hmm. should get waffles. Let's have some waffles. There's a okay. lot of fan art of Nina and waffles. All right. A little bit like Leslie Nope and her waffles. A little bit. A little bit. I like it. Um, so then we go downstairs uh, to get food because uh, Matthias has a very large growling stomach and in, in, interrupting intimate moments there mm-hmm. um and before she brings him downstairs we get a quick exposition moment where we learn that there are slave hunters in the pub um and it's a much more profitable trade than trading wine they get twenty thousand kruga ahead if the captive testifies in court which feels very out of place it's just why are we interrupting nina and matthias to get this information yeah, it's it's really clunky. I feel it is. It is really clunky. Um, but again, it works. It, it it overall it works, but I think clunky is a good word for it because yeah. the whole reason Nina's downstairs is to check and make sure it's okay for Matthias a Fjordan, to come downstairs safely. Mm-hmm. And what we are given in that moment is we see her in the background, kind of looking around, and she overhears them talking. Mm-hmm. But we're we're seeing all of these people talking about capturing slavers, which, I mean, in some ways, Fjord and Druskella are slavers. Mm-hmm. Like, they say they're not, but they are. So I don't necessarily think that it's clear enough for him to come down. But yeah. she runs back up and is like, no, it's clear. You can come down. And so, like, I don't know. It It is clunky is, is a great word for it. I mean, also... Uh, not to skip ahead to the next scene, but also she missed an entire table full of Grisha in their brightly colored captives. Like, there's also six true. of them at that table. Just, yeah. That's... She was just really excited about those waffles. Yeah. I'm like, Nina's a spy. <laughs> you know, I feel like... Yeah. And she's but then, good at her job. But then they wait. Like, uh, Fedior waits a really long time before he comes and confronts them because they are actively eating waffles, which means they have ordered, the waffles have been cooked and brought to them, and mm-hmm. now they're eating them before Fedior walks up. 
Like Maybe. they're not very yeah. good at their job either. Yeah, no, I I liked it a bit better in the book, mm. but I uh, yeah. Although I can see where the scene in the book is just a lot of like Nina already knows about Kirch and slavers, so you don't need the explanation, right? Right, and. And, and everything else that happens, Nina just sees people and recognizes them because there are Grisha who aren't in, they're not in their keftas because Grisha aren't stupid. Um, but she recognizes who they are. Right. right. I, so I, I get why they had to change things to make it work and they just needed to like get through it quickly. And I think mm-hmm. they did the best they could. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out the utterly delightful conversation that Nina and Matthias are having about the waffles. Yes. You know, he's like, are they sweet or savory? And she said, yes. Yeah. And then he's perfect. like, are they supposed to have meat in them? And she's like, no, but oh my God, you are a genius. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Um, but then he goes unconscious because another heart render, Fedior. Is in the house and has come to quote unquote rescue her. Mm-hmm. And this scene, I don't like this scene because it it makes Fedior feel evil, even though he's not. He is just doing his job, and I understand that. But for him to just stand there with that stupid smile on his face the entire time, talking about, you know, well you're a traitor and he needs to die and he still got that smug little smile on his face i don't like it i don't mind it actually because if you put yourself in his position like imagine imagine it's world war ii and one of your spies is having a great time with a nazi and then is upset when you hurt the nazi okay that's that is a very good point damn it (laughs) so i like yes because we know what's going on with nina and matthias it it does make you kind of want to punch fedior that he won't even listen to her yeah so nina's options in the moment are to let the grisha take him where which will mean absolutely death for matthias Mm -hmm. or to make use of the information that we got randomly that there are slave hunters here and she hollers out this is a slaver and he kidnapped me and blah 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 yeah uh nina and matthias are both taken to the slave ship because apparently in this world if you were the captive of the slaver you have to testify in court well she says she will i think the dude wouldn't have taken matthias if she right right. that's what i mean yeah that's what i mean oh okay Um, i see yeah yeah so like they weren't just gonna take him like she had to go to but it, it, it is a good plan and that it gets him away from the Grisha. And it gets her away from them. Because if she had stayed with them, they probably would have, I don't know what they, they would have. They would have thrown her in, yeah. in prison for being a traitor. Yeah. So at, at this moment, we recognize that Nina is all in for Matthias. And we, unfortunately, he yeah. was unconscious and didn't witness any of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, not to skip ahead too much, but she even tries to explain it to him later, which that didn't happen in the book. She never talked to him again after she called him a slaver. (gasps) Oh, I don't like that. Well, I don't like that they had her explain it to him, because why wouldn't he understand then? Like, if he's supposed to trust her now. No, I I get it. I do. I I do. Um, Although, I wish that he had been able to like listen to her for a moment but he just like made up his I mean he was just like Fedior here right he was like he had him I don't know I don't know we can talk about it when we get there okay okay um back on the fold the Volker are there Alina makes a light tunnel I think that's pretty cool I think it's cool too and is a good way of visually showing us that she is more powerful now because that's bigger than anything we've seen her do before Mm -hmm. and also like just very practical getting light in the shots yeah so that it's not it there. also it, it does make a difference it shows that her power is a little bit different mm-hmm. um and and you don't really notice it until later but every other grisha that we've seen has had in order to maintain their powers working they have to continue doing the hand thing and if they stop doing the hand thing their power stops working right oh, with alina that's not true but if her mind goes 
distracted, it decreases the amount of power that she has, which we see a little bit later because she's distracted by Mal. Right. And so the tunnel light, the tunnel starts being smaller, closing in, and Kerrigan makes her, like, reopen it. And so she has to do the hand thing again, but then she stops with the hand thing and she just kind of has to, like, mentally project. Interesting point. I didn't pick up on that. Um, I didn't notice it until the second time when I was when she had to like make it big again and right, I was yeah. like, Oh, this is different. Like she doesn't have to maintain it. And I, I don't I don't know what that means. I just noticed that it's different. You know, like the skiff only moves when Zoya is doing her hand thing. Yeah. And Ivan can only keep Mal down when he's doing the hand thing. Yeah. I need a better word for that. Do the, they call it something specific? I don't think so. When they do the small science. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's I that's interesting. I, I mean I suspect it's just so that she didn't have like they didn't have to have her continually in the shots yeah. with her hands in weird positions. Um, okay, then we cut down to the crows. And I love this because Kaz gives us a pretty good rundown of what's happened so far and why everything with Kerrigan is fishy. Right, yes. <laughs> it's fantastic. And it's also another reminder of how observant he is. Mm-hmm. Um, because he he only knows things based on what he's seen. Right, but I mean, the Darkling did try to cut him in half. Right, right. Um, and, and he knows that Alina ran away of yeah. her own free will, like that he was and that when he was trying to find her, it was to keep her captive. So he recognizes that there's, you know, something going on, like he doesn't actually want to take the fold down. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great summary. And I love that in the middle of the conversation, Inez just walks away and nobody questions yeah. her. Nobody says anything. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, yep, she knows what she's doing. Mm hmm. Um, and so then Inej has seen Mal, um, and she pulls him out with a knife to assert and takes his gun and blah, blah, blah. But Kaz trusts him almost instantly, simply because if he isn't with Kerrigan's crew, he's with ours. Yeah. I wouldn't even say trust. He's just like, okay, great. We both hate Kerrigan. We're on the same team. Let's go. Trust him enough to give him a gun. That's true. Yes. So I, I guess that's, that's where that was coming from. But it's like, okay, he's probably not going to hurt us. If, if we're all here for Kerrigan. I will, just before that, um, Kaz does have that line about Kerrigan where he says, a man consumed with vengeance. And then Jasper says, see it enough in the mirror, do you? Mm-hmm. Which again, I like, I like that interaction. It's great. And I love the way that they play it off and how, how Jess, Jasper says it and how Kaz just looks at him afterwards. But also, again, it's just a reminder that in the show, Jasper knows everything about Kaz, which is just, incorrect but whatever one of these days i'm gonna know what the heck you're talking about when you say that stuff yeah yeah one day (laughs) um then we have another moment with elena and kerrigan um because for some reason there is still some shred of hope in her that kerrigan is actually going to destroy the fold now that hope is dashed here she she questions him directly. Why haven't you done this? When you have me right here, you have my power, we can destroy the fold. Mm-hmm. And this is when she finally, I wrote in my notes, she learns the truth, but Bagra told her this specifically. So she accepts the truth here. He doesn't want to, and he doesn't plan to. He says, why would I destroy the fold? It's the greatest weapon we've got. Yeah. I think she had some of that naive, like I can change a man. Yeah. Going on. Yeah. And, well, and I'm also not sure that she actually believed he was that evil, which is odd considering, I mean, he's physically, like, he's chained her. Like, he has completely subdued her here and, mm-hmm. like, taken over. But she still had some of that naive hope. And in this moment, it is just destroyed. Yeah. That actually makes complete sense to me that she still kind of had that hope because... I do think that they have, like, a real connection. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not something I particularly think is good for her or want right. to happen. But I I do think that they – I don't think everything that they said with each other was manipulation on his part. I think some of yeah. it was genuine. I kind of wish they'd kept a bit of a scene in the book where he says um, – oh, shoot. I don't remember the exact line, but 
it makes it very clear that he says something like wanting makes us weak. I don't know. But it Mm -hmm. makes it very clear that he does want Alina and that that is like messing with his plans. Yeah. I mean, I think they have shown us that pretty well in this show. Like the conversation that he had with Mal last week, you know, where he genuinely believes Alina is going to forgive him with time. Yeah, that's true. Um, So so we we have seen that. But this I I don't know. I don't know. He's just he's killing me. He's killing me. Well, anyways, he does lay it out for her. He's like, nope, this is our weapon. We're taking over the world. Yep. <laughs> Which is a great time to cut to the West Rafkin side. Uh, we have a little moment with Zoya here, though, where we get just a tiny glimpse at her backstory because she talks about, you know, wanting to go see her aunt in Novokrubirsk. Oh, is that here? I So I was having a hard time taking notes in this episode because oh, yeah. so much happens and there are so many quick cuts. Yep. I had and to I pause kept pausing a lot and, like, and rewinding and yeah. then I was running out of time because I waited until right before we were recording. So I left out some little details like that one. Yeah. No. Um, and just because of her switching sides, it is important to note it that is. her aunt is in Novokrovirsk, which is the city yeah. they are currently heading for. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is another moment, too, that, that calls back into question, not question, but specifically points out, like we were talking last week, mm-hmm. she is Suli, is that right? Yeah. And so the heart render that we don't have a name for is, like, you have family there? And she's like, yeah, my family's Ravkin. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you're right. That's another important thing about her that they haven't talked about as much. Yeah, in the books, her dad is Suli and her mom is Rovkin. So okay. her aunt would is her mom's sister. Okay. So then we do cut to the West Rovkin side where um, the general and he has his troops all amassed at the dock. They see the tunnel mm-hmm. and recognize what a show of power this is. And the general basically says, as soon as the skiff docks, you have to kill everybody on board. And... His lieutenant or whoever is like even the sun summoner. Look at what she can do. She can destroy the fold. And then general says, "Well, that means she's a threat to our independence." Mm-hmm. Yes, you have to kill her. And I'm just like, is there anybody in this world who does not want to kill Alina? Not just that, but anyone who doesn't want to use her of some kind. Because even the dude, he actually called her the Sun Queen, not the Sun Summoner. And I just mm. took note of it because I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Even he is like, like he. He's not upset because she's a human person. He's upset because right. she's this thing. And yeah. I actually really like the scene because it drives home just how everybody just wants to use her. And mm-hmm. nobody besides nobody cares about her. Mal does. And that's about it. Yes. Yeah, actually. You know, because the crows want to use her to get money. Yep. And Kerrigan wants to use her to show his power, to reinforce his power. Yeah. Um, God, because... and. We see this in the next scene, but, like, I kept questioning in my head, and I guess not until right now am I really putting it all together, but understanding how much her power strengthens his, Hmm. because it gives him the power to choose between light and dark and when to use one versus the other. It's it's an insane amount of power for one person to have, and I that the logistics of that didn't click into my head until just this moment. Yeah. And even um Anej who you know is religious and wants to help the sun summoner, if it had been a fake person, she would have been on 100% okay with yes, with kidnapping Alina. Yeah. So interesting. Um the unnamed heartrender stops Zoya mm-hmm. from just as the skiff is right on the edge so they can See everybody in Novokrabirsk. And then the Darkling makes his power move. Dude, mind-blowing move here. He moves the fold. I guess he expands it. He, he doesn't expands move it. the fold, yeah. He expands the fold to encompass Novokrabirsk. And it just is awful. Yeah, so all the those people sounds of all of those vulgar. people. Yeah. Do they become Volker or do the Volker kill them? No, they become Volker. Okay. That was unclear. It was unclear, yeah, because I think it okay. was unclear due to money. So is the implication that just being inside the fold turns you No, I think it's Volker? if you're in when it is created. Okay. 
because you can pass through it. We've seen people. We are currently right, watching why, people pass through. Right. That's why I was confused. Yeah. But the creation of the fold turns whatever is living or any human in, living inside of it into Volcra. Okay. And he's actively, because he's expanding it, it's considered yeah. creation. Okay. I That is what I always thought. I guess I could be wrong. Uh, we kind of learn about what happens to Nova Kruberskin bits and pieces throughout the series. So I'm not. Okay. I don't know. If book readers are disagree with me and think that the fold just expanded and that everybody got eight, let me know. But I always just assumed they got turned into Volker. And it looks like they do here because we do see Volker standing right where they were. Okay. I missed that. There, But there was a lot going on. Yeah, so. there was a lot going on. Hey, everyone. Editing Caitlin here. Interrupting for just a second. While I was editing this conversation, I got curious and reread the end of the book and found that I was completely wrong. He does just, uh, the Darkling does just expand the fold and then the Volcra swoop in and eat people. They do not get turned into Volcra in the book. I don't know why I was misremembering that. Question answered. Back to past Caitlin and Mandy. Um, Alina does try to stop him, but she can't. Because of the... Because of the antlers, yeah. yeah. And Zoya's not too happy about this, as we, like, just learned where her family was. Right. Yep. Or is, or whatever. And then we get, I, I actually, I really like this next scene. We go back down to the where the crows are, mm-hmm. and in the background, you can hear the city, right? Yeah. Um, being just utterly consumed. The, the crows want to jump in now. Kaz is holding them back. Um, and Ash is like, but we're listening to him slaughter a city. And Kaz is like, that means his power is super great that's why we don't go now mal says no the bold move is to strike now kaz says the smart move is to wait until we're clear of the fold mal says i never said i was smart yeah turns around and goes anyway (laughs) which i love i like Um, it too it's very mal and inej decides to go with him and i can only assume that it's because alina's upstairs and she wants to protect alina yeah but they're not specific about that in that moment that's what i would assume too um, so Jesper and Kaz are left below. And then we go to the moment every villain has to have. Kierigan is standing there monologuing. I, have, I wrote down Darkling Power Speech. <laughs> um, so basically, this is where we learn kind of his plan, how he can control the fold, it can move it, mm-hmm. consume any border or country as he like, which means everybody on the skiff needs to go back to their countries and tell them that he is in charge now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mal bursts in, guns blazing. The heart renders take him down. Everybody seems to forget about the heart renders. I like, yeah. They shoot do. them in the fucking head. <laughs> like That's somebody, funny. please. I genuinely think this episode shows that Mal is actually a bad shot. Maybe like not as bad as Alina, because they've had some talks about that. I don't know. But like every the Keftas are bulletproof, shoot them in the head. Right. Yeah, like nobody, anybody with guns in this episode doesn't shoot anybody in the head, which we get a great line from Jesper later. Like, he actively chooses not to do it, which I get. Yeah. But Mal, in both instances where he's shooting at Kerrigan, is nowhere near any of his exposed skin. Yeah. It's just Kefta. Yep. So, yeah. Jesper hears Mal's guns going off, so he decides to go on up too, even though Kaz still isn't ready. Zoya wants to move the skiff. She mm-hmm. hears all the disturbances. She's like, we've got to get out of here. And the other Grisha stops her. Um, Inej appears, knife at his throat, and instructs Zoya to move the skiff. But the Heartrender and Inej fight instead. And this is where the Heartrender calls her a wraith. Yeah. And I think I was asking about this last week because the, the subtitles capitalize the word wraith. Yeah. So, okay. First of all. Rewind just a little bit. When Jesper decides to go uh, up, I really like that scene just because I'm fairly certain Kaz cares about exactly two people in the entire world, and now they have both both made four decisions with their own safety. So (laughs) he he heads up as well. Um, And and also, I just really love that Zoya and Inesh talk to each other, and and they're helping each other, and I want them to be friends so bad. Um, but then, yes, he does call her the Wraith. And honestly, I don't remember if that was a conversation that we left in last week. I think we cut that out. Oh. 
Oops. <laughs> Either way, I like I still don't know if this is like a thing or if she's so well known that she has her own name or if I don't know. And I think it's because Netflix capitalized the word Wraith, making it a proper noun, that confuses me. So it's a different... I don't... In the books, Kaz gives her the name the Wraith. Okay. Are they implying here that this dude gives her that name? Because I hate that. Or is she just well-known enough outside of Ketterdam that everybody knows she is the Wraith? I have my doubts about that one, too, because how would this dude know? I don't know. But yes, yeah, within okay. the streets of Ketterdam, in the books, she is known as the Wraith. Okay. Okay. Then we go back to Kiergan's monologue and the woman. It seems to be the only actual passenger is this woman and everybody else is there to guard her, but I'm not sure about that. I think some of the um, other people are also like dignitaries, but they just okay. don't have lines. Um, so she's telling Kiergan that... He is going to be seen as a heretic, not a hero, if he does this. And that, of course, triggers him because she uses the <laughs> word heretic. Her- heretic? Heretic. 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 Thank you. I'm looking at this word and suddenly these letters have no meaning to me. Yep. Um, so the Heartrenders just kill them all. Ivan kills them all specifically. And that is a change from the book. And I don't like it at all. I wasn't sure if it was – I was my note was going to be Ivan, but then I was like, surely he didn't kill all of those people at the same time. So, he, I, yeah, that is weird, actually. That's very powerful. I'm, I'm going to talk about the changes from the book once we get to, once we get to later. Okay. But Ivan isn't even on this gif in the book. He's not oh, there goodness. Okay. N- neither is Zoya. Oh. oh. I mean, neither are the crows. Well, yeah, obviously. This, oh. this plays out completely fucking differently in the books. Okay. But the dignitaries are there in the books. Okay. So Ivan and or other heartrenders kill them all. And we get the most heartless line ever. Yeah. Kerrigan just says, shame, I'll have to give that speech again. Yep. And if there was ever a moment where I was still on the fence about Kerrigan and whether or not I should have feels for him, that line killed them all. Interesting. So, there we are. There we are. Um, And then we get a knife fight. Inej and her knives is always pleasant to watch. Yes, I love Inej and knife fighting. It's so good. Um, And then, but she is fighting a heart render, unfortunately, and his uh, small signs does get the better of her. And then we see Zoya definitely making some choices here when she blows him off the ship. Right. Like, this is somebody that she may have known for years and gone to school with or whatever, you know? So I mean, she has made a very specific choice here because then she looks at Inej and says, help me stop him. Yeah. Talking about Kerrigan. Yep. Love it. And she has been super loyal to Kerrigan up until now. Yes. Um, so she is clearly not on board with his plan. She starts moving the skiff again. And it's just... Kerrigan gets mad. He's yelling at her. Yes. And uh, the dark... Oh, then Kaz and Jesper come out. And Jesper's mm-hmm. like shooting at Ivan again on the fucking captive, but whatever. And the darkling throws the cut at Jesper. And Kaz knocks him out of the way. I didn't yep. realize that until like watching it today i knew that kaz knocked him out of the way but i could never quite tell from what and i was like oh he did that cut at jesper that's insane and then and then inej throws her knife at the darkling because she's the best right (sighs) lands right in his chest (laughs) yeah but of course his veins go all black as they do and he removes it and shouts it will take more than this (laughs) um (laughs) and and then he's just like fuck the light we're fighting yep. in the dark with the Volcrum bitches. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Like, he he, he gets rid of Elena's light and is like, you stay in the dark. But, like, like, that's so, so melodramatic. Yes. <laughs> well, that's very him. But also, so does he. The Volcrum want him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Volcrum do actually take advantage of this. Uh, one of them knocks Zoya down. Mm-hmm. Inez uses her knives, but, of course, they're not infinite. Like, some... Yeah stories would have and she quickly runs out so Kaz runs in and starts using his cane to beat the Volker over the head and it's amazing yes yes it is I love that he just stabs <laughs> that crow 
beak thing into the Volker's brain, basically. <laughs> uh, so yeah. good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, we cut back to Alina, who has a vision of the stag. Mm-hmm. He appears to her in a bright light, and they have some sort of nonverbal communication going on. Mm-hmm. She realizes that Inej's knife has dropped near her, and then the vision fades as Kerrigan walks up to her, and he's still doing his thing where he believes that him and Alina are going to be a thing. Yep. He says, it's just you and me now, Alina. We are all we need anyway. And he holds his hand out to her because he still somehow thinks that he's doing the right thing by her. I don't know. And he and still we, thinks he's doing the right thing, period. Yeah. But then we get what may be the best moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she does reach for his hand. But she says, you may have needed me, but Mm -hmm. I never needed you. Mm -hmm. And she jams that knife through his hand, Mm -hmm. popping that antler out. And I'm just like, yes, yes. It's amazing. It's good. Oh, you're not that excited about it. I'm not because of what happens next. Like, that's good. I like it. But then Mal comes in and shoves the Darkling off the side. And then Mal and the Darkling fight. And Alina oh. just gets knocked out by a heart render. Why doesn't she get to do anything? This is her story. Why is she out of the game? I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah. So, okay, before we get to that part, though, mm-hmm. she does. She says to him, after she knocks the antler out, she says, your first words to me were, what are you? Mm-hmm. And she says, this is what I am. And she removes the darkness from around them. Mm-hmm. Kerrigan, of course, protests. He's like, who are you to claim this power? I killed the stag. And she says, no, I didn't understand this before. You can't claim what was not given to you. The stag chose me. And she does some sort of magic, and the antler collar then is absorbed into her body instead of being this, like, physical painful manifestation. Which is, like, great for us that we don't have to look at it. Right? (laughs) But also, like, where does it go? What does it do? Why is it in there? Did it displace things? Can she still feel it? I have a lot of questions. So I choose to believe that it just like kind of melted into her own, infused into her own bones. I have I have so many questions then about the story going forward. Like, I, I, uh, so, uh, which leads one to believe then she now is always going to have the power of the stag amplifying her and maybe that's not what they did in the book well yeah she did that okay. yeah yeah the the okay in, in in the book the the antlers were just like around her neck like a necklace right there was got- no the amplifiers do not need body horror in the books to work <laughs> okay. they just need to be on you so and it just stayed there and was something that like when they're on the run she had to hide all the time so Oh, thing. now she doesn't because it's just part of her. Yeah. Maybe they just. Okay. No, I don't know. But there's other things that this maybe could affect mm. going okay. forward. And I'm just kind of like, but what does, how is that going to, mm. is it going to, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So Kiergan, of course, is still all indignant and righteous and says that she's choosing to betray her people, the Grisha, mm-hmm. that Kiergan was trying to save them. And this is where Mal rushes him and they both fall overboard. Um, Ivan attacks Alina and her light falls. Jesper does go after Ivan here, eventually knocking him overboard. And we get the fabulous line. Yeah. Still couldn't shoot the pretty face. Um, Which is great because I assume Ivan gets eaten by Volkra. Which is, so Ivan's dead. Poor Fedor. That sucks. Um, is he? I assume. He doesn't emerge from the fold with the Darkling. At the oh, that's end. true. That's true. Okay. I assume yeah. he's dead. He is which dead. is another character who does die in book two, who they've decided to kill off in season one. And I, it, it's mm. just interesting that they did that twice, I guess. Um, but yeah, no. Why does Mal get to fight the Darkling? Why would the Darkling ever do that? He would just cut him in half. Why doesn't he yeah. just cut him in half? Like, I get that he does throw the cut at one point, and Mal uses that to, like, trick him. But, like, why the whole fight before that? Why just, just cut him in half? Yeah, that's a TV trope. Like, I question that in so many shows that I watch. Like, yeah. why are you guys fighting hand-to-hand when you have the power to just not? Yeah. 
And th- I mean, that that's just a TV thing because it's more exciting to watch it play out. And why is this like climactic moment not involve our main character in any way? Why is she unconscious? Because they wanted to get the joke with Mal and Alina and don't say meet me in the meadow. I guess. I, I guess I'll do it here. I'll I'll just go forward and say that this was so much better in the book. Like, I get that they wanted to have a big action moment and they wanted all the characters involved from, you know, both stories. And that makes sense. And all in all, I actually think they did a really good job. Like, I love having Inej and Zoya work together. That's like all I've ever wanted you know, ever in these in these seven books. Well, and somebody else, but we can't talk about that. Um, and all these things. So it's great. And again, Kaz with the cane into the Volcra, wonderful. Um, I I did like that they had the stag actually appear. That was that was really good. But in the book, basically, what happens is Alina realizes that because she saved the life of the deer. The life belongs to her, too, because she decided not to kill the deer. Mm. So she can use her powers. Fuck the Darkling. So she creates a bubble of light around her and Mal. They run off into the fold alone, and she leaves the dignitaries and all the Grisha and the Darkling to die in the fold. Holy shit. Yeah. Which is integral to her story going forward, because she thinks about that a lot, how she just left them all to die. And it is about her. It's a choice that she made. Yeah, that's super different. Yeah. And so, like, I get that it's a TV show and they needed to have a big action ending. Like, that makes 100% sense. I get it. But I feel like they've missed out on the problem, the the, um, conflict with herself that Alina has. I mean, she's still going to have an internal conflict, and they, they kind of point to that a little bit at the end because Mal is like, it's not your fault, and she's like, well, who? but they're going to blame me. And yeah. so she's going to blame herself for what happened to the city and to what happened on the skiff because she couldn't stop it. She wasn't strong enough slash self-aware enough to mm-hmm. stop it at that point, but that's not as strong as what you're saying happened in the book. Yeah, that she basically murdered all those people that they had yeah. Ivan kill. Yeah. I mean, she's she's going to internalize it, and I'm guessing this is what they're going to do, is she's going to internalize this as all her fault because she couldn't stop it, therefore she is responsible, and that's probably how they're going to do it. Yeah, but that's just a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, a lot of her story going forward in the books is about her wanting power and about whether or not she wants it to actually bring down the fold and stop the darkling or if she just wants power. Mm. And and so I think that they've kind of messed up the beginning of that there. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say they certainly have not set that up at all. Yeah. Um just a, a quick aside back to Mal and Kirigan fighting. Mal mm-hmm. has a good line here. Um this is right after Kirigan has done the cut and Mal, you know, is playing dead essentially and Kerrigan walks up to him so Mal like shoots him over and over and over again which of course doesn't hurt him but it does alert the Volcra that this is where a lot of you know there's something happening here here's all the noise yeah and Mal says I don't have to kill you Darkling your past will do it for me and a Volcra takes him which is of course directly related to the line that the Darkling had last episode which was good Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's good. Then we go back to the skiff. Mal gets back on it. And now it's just the crows, Zoya, Alina, and Mal. And I love that it's just these six people together. Yeah. I saw, I think, somewhere on I don't know, some social media where a book reader was watching the show with, with a non-book reader. And apparently their friend was like, so are these the six of crows? Because I know there's six of them. That's a... <laughs> That's a perfectly valid question, and the only reason I know that it's not is because of conversations with you. Yeah, no, it is a perfectly valid question, but the friend who read the or the person that story who read the books was just like, "What the fuck? No." <laughs> um. So Mal does wake Alina up. The light comes back, and they get out of the fold. Yes. And I, I guess this is this is weird. I guess they steer the 
the skiff somewhere else because the next thing we see is the six of them are just around a fire. So they're not actually in Nova Kribirsk. Well, Nova Kribirsk is in the fold now. Oh, that's right. She couldn't undo that bit. Yeah, no, she didn't. So they just had to get yeah. out completely. Okay, okay. That That's where my confusion was coming from. Yeah. So they would have had to go around or something to get out. Yeah, okay. Um, I like this next little bit because it's essentially Inej pledges herself to Alina if she ever needs it. Mm-hmm. It's such a nice moment between and, the two of them. And, a le- and a, yeah, it is nice, and I love it. And I love that Alina gives her a dagger, but I'm pretty sure it's just the letter opener that she stole from her room in episode two, three. Uh, oh, was it really? <laughs> I'm pretty because what other dagger would she ever have, and how did she still have it? And I don't. Honestly, what? part of me was thinking that's Inez's dagger that she had that she used to stab Kirigan. No, it looks completely different. And Alina okay. even says, sorry, I couldn't, you know, keep yours or whatever. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Okay. here's this. And she has that line about how it's, you know, it's not that great, but it'll fend off some bullies. So I assume it's a letter opener because that's sort it's of a been a theme. Opener. But I'm like, how in the world did she still have it? Where did that come from? That's funny. Because she was a prisoner beforehand. But also, I love that she gives her, like, before the show started, that was actually a theory that some people had. That, um, because in Six of Crows, so Inej names all of her knives after saints. Mm -hmm. And one of them is Sancta Alina. Okay. Which is one of the first things when reading Six of Crows where you're like, oh, a little, a little call out to Shadow and Bone. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and so when she gives her the knife here and she says, I know just what to name it. That's, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And that was like a theory that Alina nice. was going to give her the knife. But it's a letter opener. Alina. Yeah. <laughs> I assume it's a letter opener because why else would the Darkling let her keep it? But why would she have? But it was it's still kind of stabby. So why would he let her keep yeah. it anyway? Like the fact that she has this on her makes no sense to me. But I yeah. still really love this scene. And it's great. And I would not uh, change it for the world. So whatever. Okay, great. And Kaz looks over at, at Inej when all this is going on. And I love that too. Because he's, yeah. you can just tell that he's kind of happy for her. Maybe it's all in my head. I don't care. I love them. <laughs> so I like this next bit too. So Jesper gives Mal and Alina a change of clothes. And Alina mm-hmm. asks, are you guys still going to try to kidnap me? <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. And Jesper's like, no, of course not. And Kaz is like, oh, my God, did you find religion, too? Yeah, that's great. And then Jesper's just like, I'm tired, okay? Yeah. (laughs) It's bad form to kidnap someone who saved their life. Um, But Kaz is still a little bit miffed about this, you know, and he's all like, you know, you're really valuable, Alina. And so she gives him the jewels that she had instead. Yeah. Like, if you can't have me, let me just give you lots of money. I don't know. It's a nice compromise, so I do like I do enjoy it, even though my tone of voice makes it sound like I don't. Right. Um, it is it it's it's funny and it's odd, but it is a nice compromise because the the six of crows are not coming out of this empty-handed, um, mm-hmm. and it helps tie up the the crow club and Inej and Helene. Yeah, right. Like it gives us a mechanism for that, which I had been concerned about since. They're clearly not getting paid a million Kruger for bringing Alina in. So I do like it. Um, I just think it's funny. I like it too. And um, I like they give Kaz the line, the deal is the deal. Mm-hmm. That's good. Is that from the books? It is. Okay. And uh, I really, I just the idea of Kaz talking to Alina is wild to me. So I, I do like the scene a lot. And I like that she specifically says, you know, it's not a gift. This is me buying your silence. Yeah. She's learned some things. Yeah. Over the last little bit, for sure. And Um, then she gets upset looking at the fold. Yeah. Oh, and okay, part of, back to my, like, fangirling. When, just before he makes the deal with Alina and, like, shakes her hand, he does look over at Inej. Because he knows, (laughs) he knows that she would. She doesn't want to keep that, like, that he can do this small thing for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the detail that when Alina and Mal come back in their new clothes, she burns the dress that Kerrigan had her in. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Um, and this is where Mal and Alina have that quick conversation. Alina knows the world is going to blame her for what Kerrigan did because she didn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then Zoya decides that she has to go see if she has any family who survived what Kerrigan did to Novokrabirsk. Yeah. I think this is why I thought that he couldn't maintain it or that she undid it because she's going to the city. It's possible that he didn't quite get the whole city, so some of it might not be in there. I think that is what happened in the books. He got, like, half of it or something. Okay. Or some people ran out. Or, Or, yeah, some people were able to get out. Okay. Or maybe, like, Nova Krabirsk had some suburbs. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. maybe. You know, so he's like, where is the border of the city? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, So we get a nice moment between Zoya and Alina. Zoya um, does also say before the nice moment that to remember that, you know, the apparat is in charge in the capital and he's going to want to keep his power and that they need to get out of Ravka and find new allies. Yeah. Yep. Um, the people are going to turn on the Grisha. It's just it's a whole big thing now. Yeah. Um, but Zoya then tells Alina that she still doesn't like her, but mm-hmm. she is grateful for her. Yes. Um, and then gives her some advice and reminds her that saints become martyrs before they become heroes. So she needs to figure out how to stay alive. Yeah. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then Kaz actually tells Zoya not to go looking for the dead, which is because it can haunt you. But I actually think Zoya's more right that she'd be haunted more if she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them all get up to start walking to Oscarvo. They're going to go get on a ship. Um, Kaz and Inej have a conversation here, and yes, I like it do. a lot. Oh, you like all of their conversations. They are my favorite, and I love them <laughs> so much. Inej says that Alina needs her help more than Kaz does, but Kaz actually outright says, I need you. And I can just picture you squeeing over that line. Yep, 100%. He says, but we do need you. And then he says, I need you. Uh, Kaz yeah. would never say that, but whatever. I love it. <laughs> So Inej kind of relents a little bit, changes her mind. She says that she does want to see Helene's face when he clears the books. Mm -hmm. So she's going to stay that long. And then she says, after that, we'll see. Yeah. So she's choosing to stay with him for now. Um, Then we cut to Nina bringing Matthias food on the ship. And I don't like this scene at all. I understand it, but I don't like it. uh, The role reversal here. Yeah. Yeah. He believes that she betrayed him. She tries to explain what happened, but he doesn't believe her. She tries to get him to trust her, but he doesn't. He says that you broke my trust. And so now he's like, this was all an elaborate ruse trying to, you know, make me see what it's like, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he just doesn't. And so she leaves in tears. Mm -hmm. Um, As it happens, this slaver ship is also accepting passengers. (laughs) So this is the ship that everyone ends up on. It's not a slaver ship. They're not taking people to be slaves. They have some They're uh, prisoners. The slave in, in, hunter in, in, ship. The slave yeah. hunter ship. How about that? Yeah. But I guess it used to be a merchant ship, so it, it, it has the capacity for also. Yes. So Nina them, and so. the crows cross paths, which, you know, everybody who's read the books was like, it's happening. <laughs> And then we get Jesper with just some wonderful lines here explaining kind of what have we all learned from this? <laughs> Can't kidnap uh, a human sunbeam. People with trains are evil. And Milo's the best. And Milo is the best. <laughs> that is indeed what we've all learned yeah. uh, from watching season one of Shadow and Bone. Always have a goat. Always have a goat. Um, so then they talk about what they're going to do next. Jesper's like, well, of course Kaz has a plan. Tell me you have a plan, even if you're lying. Tell me you have a plan. <laughs> I, I love when somebody says, you know, even if you're lying, and then they're like, I have a plan. Right. Because so you, you just don't know. But yeah. he explains the plan a little bit. Um, yeah. So, of course, Kaz needs a heart render, and Nina is overhearing this. Um Somebody walks by, says the sun saint is dead. Nina speaks up and asks if that's true. And Kaz says he doesn't know if she's dead, but she is a saint. Which is an interesting line coming from him. I think he was just playing his role. Uh, You know, I don't know. Like, I think the point, the not the point, but the idea here is that they're all kind of uh, refugees, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, from Nova Krabirsk. Mm-hmm. 
And I can see where somebody from there would believe that she was a saint, oh, right? Okay, okay. And also, Inez so so appreciates okay. that, that that he says that. Right, right. But it just it felt like an odd way to answer the question. Yes, it did. One hundred percent. Why he wouldn't and, have just said, "I don't know." Right. And we don't even get like we know Nina's a heart render, and in fact, she's the heart render that they were looking for way back in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but we don't get the conversation between them where they figure that out oh my god i forgot that they know like who she is kind of yeah yeah (laughs) like they went looking for her but they miss missed her so and then of course to tie everything up in a nice neat little bow malin and melina mal and melina wow melina is their ship name so (laughs) mal and alina then get on the ship Mm-hmm. And there's a, a telling little monologue here. She plans to come back when she's strong enough to tear the fold down now that the Darkling is dead. I hate this voiceover. It's cheesy and dumb. I don't know why they didn't just cut from Alina and Mal on the boat to the Darkling. Like, Right. They had to give us the flashback of them running through the meadow as orphans. Uh, it's we terrible. Like, it's yeah. just so cheesy. Like, you without that line... A, it would have been a better scene, and B, we still would have understood. Like, we still mm-hmm. get that they think he's dead, and like it's yep. just terrible. The world it, is a happy place again. It's just like a, it's the cheesiest moment in the whole show, and I'm like, but why did you do this? Yeah. But of course, we have to go from now that the Darkling is dead to a shot of Kerrigan crawling out of the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, he stands... Looks behind him, says, follow. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, these aren't Volcra that come out. This no. is the fold these... is like turning into creatures that can follow him. Like little pieces of the fold are following him. Yes, the Nichivoya. Like what? And that's the shot that we end on. Like that is mean yeah. for that to be the final shot of the season. And they haven't even announced a season two yet. Yep. That is not okay, Netflix. So, not okay. I do want to say one thing here, though, like because the Darkling's all scarred up, except his scars are all black and blah blah blah. And I just want to say, like, is it wrong that this is the hottest he's been all season? <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if they were scars or not. Like, well, I was like, whatever. Is, is he like just splattered with black Volcra blood, or has he been scratched up? And this is like, I wasn't. It, it's unclear. Whatever it is, I'm just but, saying he's a mess, and I like it. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be the tagline of our show. He's a mess and I like it. Yeah, everyone's a mess, but we like it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is great. This is great stuff. Um, it's a great way to end the story and the season. I mean, I'm mad about it because, like, I immediately want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. But I, um, I like it a lot, too, because when I sort of thought about – things that we could talk about about that was going to happen in season two in ways that wouldn't spoil you and i was like well i can talk about the nichivoya she's not gonna have any idea what that is and but then they they're on the screen so i think that's nice cool because yeah i oh i certainly didn't have a name for them but yeah. <laughs> yeah terrifying is what it is i i really liked that they gave us this bit for yeah. uh, this hint at season two can't wait that's that's where i am on this cannot wait <sighs> Me too. Oh, God, so. I just I want them to announce it, and then I want the casting, and then I want I want to see glimpses of all the cool things that happen and see my favorite scene from the whole trilogy happens in the second book. Ooh, Ugh, I want it so bad. Well, I suspect then that means we are going to have some bonus content for the show as these announcements come. Hopefully, the announcement for season two will be before next week. Hopefully. I'm not going to hold my breath for it, but it'd be real awesome. Yeah. But if it's not, as they announce these things moving forward, we will certainly have things to come back and record about. And if you don't think it's too spoilery for the future, mm-hmm. I can read book one. Oh, no, it's not then, at all. You get way okay. more of the future books in, in season one than you do in book one. Okay. Then I can read the book and then we can have a bonus episode um, talking about that. Yeah, that'd be good at some point in the future so we still have lots of stuff to do yay yay i just want season two now <laughs> all right why have they not given it to me why because do they, they like me? to torture you me in particular yes it's it's, it's all to torture you okay yeah 
All right, I need to know, who is your episode MVP? Obviously, it's Inez's knife that she stabbed into the Darkling's chest. Oh, okay. What was yours? Waffles. Oh, that one's good, too. (laughs) I mean, it could be... Ah, you know, can we, can we have like a co MVP? Oh no, but waffles! I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I mean, no. you did say you didn't want it to be serious. You're right. You're right. Well, like when I said that, I mean, I didn't want us to choose actual people. But um, uh. I mean, you know, you need a. Although no, they eat their waffles by hand. I was gonna say you need a knife to eat waffles, <laughs> <laughs> but because no. they've like not done a syrup you can just straight into your mouth yeah um hmm no you know what you've changed my mind it has to be waffles it God, has I love to be waffles, waffles. <laughs> i really Yay. want a waffle now oh we actually got up and went to breakfast this morning but i did not have waffles oh my god mandy what did you have a, a breakfast sandwich Okay, well, again, like I said, our wrap-up episode next week. If you have any questions, comments, specific things you want us to talk about that we did not talk about, please email. You can or you can tweet us at EnterTheFoldPod or email us and EnterTheFoldPod at gmail.com. I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at InferiorCaitlin. And I am Mandy Kay, and you can find this show and all of the other Eloquent Gushing shows at eloquentgushing.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. And we do have a brand new show that's going to be starting in the next couple of weeks. So uh, you can find our intro episode that's been out for a while uh, for Movie Fight Club. Go take a listen. That one's not me. That's you and Matthew. Yes, that's me and Matthew. Sorry. (laughs) When I say we, I meant eloquent gushing. Yes. (laughs) Um, That one is finally coming in a few weeks. So uh, go take a listen and and follow us there. Um, You can also give me a shout out just over on Twitter at Mandy K. And remember, anything worth doing always starts as a bad idea. I like that. (laughs) 